Welcome, everybody. Another edition of Breaking Brains and Building Hearts. It's me, James. We got Chris McAllister, Brett Burchard. Welcome, gang. What's going on, fellas? Glad to be here. Brett's telling us it's a big day in the sports world. Yeah, big, but somber day in the sports world. Obviously, the anniversary of Kobe's death last year. It's crazy to think it's been a year. Yeah. Uh, Man, just so much happened in a year. But yeah, kind of crazy day, a cool day to like reminisce and think about, uh, you know, his legacy as an athlete and a person. And, you know, it's it's fun. I'm in the middle of reading um, biography on Tiger Woods and, you know, all these guys have their flaws and, and positives, negatives, whatever. But like this, this ambition to be the very, very best that you can possibly be. Um, and the drive to that, my college coach used to tell us like, there's this line between, you know, acceptable and unacceptable. And if you're pushing yourself as hard as you can to the edge of your abilities, you know, you're going to cross that line and you just got to recognize it and come back. And, but the people that are flirting with that line all the time and advancing and, and, and pushing themselves, you know, they accomplish amazing things. They're not perfect human beings, but they teach us a lot too, um, inspire and inspire us. And uh, so it's been cool to hear this, you know, the stories of him and that, that come out. Yeah. Um, they kind of inspire that. It was interesting to me to, to see, you know, these pictures of like Kyrie Irving and other, other players from other teams wearing the Jersey. And I kind of felt like, you know, everybody today, everybody's a Laker, you know, it's like one of yeah. those things that transcends, the things that divide us. It's interesting. Yeah. What, I'm curious for you guys, because this is hitting my brain. What's the hardest you've worked at getting great at something? And, and what was it? Like, because you think about like his schedule, we're in the gym four to six, back relaxing breakfast. You know, it's, it was this full day. When have you obsessively tried to get great at something? And what was it? Yeah. I mean, I can, t I can speak to my, my own journey, um, focusing on getting good at sales, right? So I entered the sales profession like a lot of folks do. Um, I was unsatisfied with the options of going to work and earning a salary and never being worth more than that friggin' salary at any point in time during the year. And I couldn't accept that. So I had to get into sales. Uh, but then when I realized you know, there is an art and a science and I can't just wing it. I can't just be charming. I can't just be lucky. I have to be systematic, man. That's when I started asking questions. And, um, I mean, asking everybody, customers, leaders, um, other peers questions and then trying stuff and then figuring out for myself how to be successful. Uh, how how to make myself successful. And I think, Chris, one of the most pivotal things for me was to recognize that, you know, if I just, and I realized this because I was selling software at the time. Imagine this, you're selling software that's supposed to be strategic for these organizations, yet every customer is buying the same friggin' software. How can you be, how can you have a strategic impact on a company if every company is getting the same software? Well, they're starting with the same software, but they're tailoring it to their unique environment, right? And so I started thinking, shit, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking these best practices and tailoring them to myself and coming up with something new. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's really when I recognized that's what I was doing, then I was like, I was so damn excited to work at it because it wasn't just me working at getting better. I was inventing, creating my own path to success, leveraging all these assets around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and that's the when you're dialed in on something and it's all all your attention and awareness is filtering through where you're pursuing that greatness. You know, you have so many places you draw from. I mean, the last for me, the first time I experienced it was with speaking. Like, I just want to be the best speaker I can. I want to be able to stand up on a stage and and move people as a storyteller and just obsessed over that for like a decade, mm. you know, in every way possible. It was all the time what I was working on in different ways. Um, and then for my 30s, so that would have been my 20s, it was awareness, like how people grow and develop. And, and, and now... It's how to build a business in the most effective way possible, being able to say very little and the, you know, the right people connect with it so emotionally, they can't help but go, I got to have that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm so glad we're talking about this because it's encouraging to me to say that out loud because I look at where I was as a speaker at age 20 to 30. And and really didn't even find my own voice and my own way of like breaking down a message until I was like 30. And then I look at the journey of awareness from 30 to 40. And and then I'm like, guys, I'm gonna be okay, man. That's what I'm feeling emotionally right now. I'm like, I'm I'm 43. I'm only a few years into this next decade's pursuit. Of course, yeah. it also is like, what am I gonna do at 50? Who knows? Who yeah. knows? What that's about you, Brett? It's, well, that's encouraging to hear. Um, you know, Kobe talked about, uh, um, you know, when he retired and he started doing storytelling. And shortly after he retired, you know, he wrote the, 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 the story or poem, Dear Basketball, that won, uh, won an award and all that. And he talked about, like, you know, I didn't just retire and then all of a sudden win a, an award for writing. He was like, for 15 years of my career, I was on the plane, I was reading, I was writing, I was in the hotel room on the road, reading, writing, you know, I was crafting that for 15 years. Um, and then when he retired, he published something and it went, you know, won a big award, but it wasn't that he just all of a sudden stopped and, you know, he had 15 years of, of practice and dedication to, to getting good at storytelling. Uh, for me, it was, uh, there was probably a five or six year window, um, like end of high school, college to, um, post-college where like just maniacal about my training with basketball. Um, you know, I was doing three workouts a day, uh, where I lived, uh, it was three miles away from the gym that my, my dad coached at. And so mornings I would run to the gym, do, do a workout, run home, uh, take a you know, lunch, nap, afternoon, ride my bike to the gym, basketball workout, ride home, evening, drive to the gym, uh, play pickup basketball, and then, and then drive home. It was just uh, three times a day for the whole summer. And then um, and then when I got through college, that happened through, you know, throughout my college days. And then after college, 
Uh, I was um, working four, working three part-time jobs, getting my master's degree and living in the back of a barbershop for two years as a graduate assistant. And I would literally watch no fewer than four basketball games a night. Um, I would literally set up shop Mm -hmm. in the conference room in our office. I had two big screen TVs on either side. I had a game on each side, started at seven, went to 11, did my work, watched games, took notes, um, and did that for two years um, on my way until I got to the, to, to Phoenix and, um, you know, joined the Suns and the NBA. But yeah, I was, I was maniacal. And now I'm like at home thinking like, man, I wish I spent that much time like learning how to fix a car or my plumbing <laughs> because that would have been a lot more useful and practical. <laughs> well, it's as you talk through that, it actually I'm in my twenties. I did also obsess on leadership. It was leadership and speaking at the same time, but I have thought like, you know, man, I, I did have fun in college, but I would have played a little bit more. If I, I mean, but I was like, I got to read this next leadership book. Yeah. Um, did either of you see where the Knicks player was talking about how LeBron James was calling out their plays on the last game? No, I didn't see that. No, but I believe it. Dude, it's crazy. This player, it's and somebody put them put the videos together, the interviews. It's amazing, and I think it aids the quest to mastery so much and fits with everything we're saying. Because, yeah, this Knicks player is like, yeah, we'd start running plays, and LeBron's calling them out, and uh, then the it cuts to LeBron being interviewed, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, and and then he talks about it matter of fact, like people don't know that he's doing this. He's like. How, how every day he's watching game film. Like yeah. he wants to know their plays better than they know. Them. And, uh, and just real matter of fact, like, yeah, these are the hours I put in watching plays and I figure out what they're going to do. And, but it was just funny. Cause he was so not LeBron, but the other, it was just like, yeah, he was going early. And that to me is like everything we're talking about with Kobe. It's everything, you know, that I know we guide people in and we're passionate about. There is such a difference between the beginner and the pro and the master. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't get to that mastery level without crawling through all the contours of the the pro journey. And now the cool part is you can accelerate it, right? You We have all done that with people where we take people from beginner to mastery faster than they would have gotten on their own or pro to mastery faster than they would have got there on their own. But they are still going to have to put in some work. It's still going to take some effort. Um, and that part's, you know, if they don't love what they're doing, trouble, right? Yeah. Do y'all, do y'all think love's a prerequisite for it? You got to be passionate about it? I, I do. I mean, I think you just, you're going to be able to last longer, you know, if you really love it. I think Seinfeld, there was a Seinfeld, uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Howard Stern interview. Uh, a while back, you know, where they talked about, you know, it was the dedication and the work and Seinfeld's like, no, it was love. Like I loved it. And that's what kind of is a catalyst to do. You're not going to spend 16 hours a day on something that you don't love or you do and you burn yourself out real quick and it doesn't last very long, but to get the kind of gains you need over time and the time that you need to put in to get those gains, yeah, you got to love it. 
Yeah, we call it commitment. I mean, uh, whatever gets you to that level of commitment. And uh, I think Kobe talked about it all the time was, you know, that higher level of commitment. So it's not just putting the time in, it's it's working hard and smart. So are you focused on the right stuff? And, um, you know, I think, Chris, to the, to the point you made about beginner, pro, and master, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you can achieve mastery by following someone else's model. I mean, there are folks that expect to read a book and get there, or expect to complete a course and get there. And it's in the course of the book, even the even the stuff that we do, it's designed to get you there quicker. But you've got to complete the last mile. You've got to put the intensity in, you've got to create the art or match your art to the science that was presented to you. And I mean, you know, Kobe um, innovated a hundred year old game, you know, LeBron's doing the same thing and other leaders in the, uh, in the NBA are doing the same thing. Coaches are doing the same thing. Um, And I think what's cool about it is that, you know, because, because time passes Right, even a hundred-year-old game is different, going to be different tomorrow than it was yesterday, and you combine that with the difference, with the different mindsets and experiences and commitments of the people who are going to be here tomorrow compared to yesterday. Then you know there's always going to be something new to learn, always going to be innovations, always going to be a place to go, always going to be something new to create, new to see. Uh, and that's super exciting to me because, you know, the three of us were involved in, you know, old, um, old professions, <laughs> I mean, playing games and being competitive. Um, sales is considered the second oldest profession. Uh, and then leadership, Chris, you know, from your perspective, I mean, it's just, and we all, we're all involved in leadership to some degree. Um, you know, they're universal. They've been around for uh, thousands of years yet they're continuing to innovate. I just think that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. I, operating principle for me that inspires me, and you guys have heard me talk about this before, is we, we've never found the best way to do anything. You know, It doesn't mean we have to breathlessly always run to what's next. There's a timing, uh, but, but the, there's always a better way. I haven't found the best way to structure my day. You know, and and you, I, I might find a way that is a great way to do it, and that's a cruising altitude I roll with for about six months. But then usually I have to find a new one. I will give this out to the universe in case it wants to give me something back. I currently need a new one. I wish I could like pay somebody to go. <laughs> hey, here's just like throw it all at me, and and, right. and I'm gonna tell you. Like, this is the priority, you know? Right. Um, I feel it. I should say this. I know what the priority is, but uh, but just need to build a new new structure for it. And, uh, and I'm excited about that, right? That's where the change in growth comes from. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand about generating commitment or unblocking commitment. You got to be bothered, right? Like you were, Jimmy, about a paycheck, um, you know, I'm I'm bothered by the fact that I would be limited by that. And that would definitely bother me. Um, I can't imagine going back to a a limitless month, right? Um, Like this month could be amazing. Uh, 
but but yeah, it comes down to that idea that I am I'm bothered, and and we're so afraid to be bothered. But bothered when I'm bothered, when I'm discontent, that's the starting place of vision. So I'm running today, and I'm bothered. Like I know there's like I can taste it. There is there's a coming simplicity and clarity, and I wish it were just all here right now. And it's not, and that's okay. And the Tanette soundtrack is in my mind, and it's a freaking crazy movie. And, and I'm running and it's just this whole experience of being in the, the shaping. It's such, a, it's such a primal raw thing. And then you get to that next piece and it's there and you do it and you structure your day and you go to the gym three times like Brett did. That was a structure. That structure activated you at your best, but that structure was built on what you were trying to accomplish. And if people don't move from what they're bothered about to actually trying to structure around that, you know, they're never... I was thinking about LeBron, like how he watches game film. Think about all the things he does, all the things that could distract him, but he shuts it all out. Just shuts it all out to do the main thing. Mm. Right, yeah. I'm inspired. I got to make a note. And I, I love your point, Chris, about the best way, right? Because don't we see, you know people telling us all the time, this is the best way. And don't we ask what's the best way? And uh, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, I see this in businesses all the time, right? This, the concept that what got you here ain't going to get you there. It's, it's a continuing theme in business. It's the continuing theme in, in all of our pursuits that we represent. Um, and therefore that best way that, that existed yesterday, you know, ain't going to be the best way. And so, you know, this, this, this desire that we have as human beings to put some work in, figure something out and then rest. And then, you know, uh, you know, not be bothered by that again. And well, then what happens, that's where, that's where atrophy occurs. And that's where the downslope of our growth trajectory begins to begins, you know? So, uh, you know, I think the the best thing that a leader can do, you know, this idea of continuous improvement, um, it's not just in different parts of our lives. It's in the things that matter most to us. You know, there is no best way. Uh, and to fool ourselves into thinking that um, is going to limit us. And I think that's probably one of the, one of the first things I have to qualify clients for Chris is, um, where is their head? What are they looking for? Are they, you know, a lot of people want the, um, they want the benefit of change, but they ain't willing to do what it takes to get there uh, or to stay there. Well, and that is for me, my own self, I'm taken back to the stuck book and the paradigm, you know, because I'm like, Okay, I'm trying to force something, an elegant solution to emerge. And, and if I could have forced that solution four months ago, I would not be thinking the thoughts that I'm thinking now, which are so much more expansive, which are so much more impactful. They had so much more value to people's lives in the marketplace. And I would be so sad if I had locked in four months ago. And, and that's the thing, like, we, you know, for me... Learning the difference between going all in on what's emerging versus forcing something that isn't quite right yet. That nuance and that subtlety. Mm -hmm. 
because so much pain has come when I've forced and I've missed the bigger expansive opportunity that's blossoming there. Yeah. And, uh, and I know something's happening, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's really a, uh, like a, I don't say a tug of war, but you're constantly oscillating between that, you know, is it time to go? Is it time to wait? Is it time to act? Is it time to keep creating, keep thinking, keep ruminating? Um, yeah, that's a good, there's no right answer. There's no good answer. You just got to feel it, pay attention to intuition and, and, uh, yeah, cooperate with what's unfolding. When I think if you tend to be a, a make it happen goer and you're feeling a tendency, not out of fear or struggle or shut down from too much stress, but you're feeling, uh, I should say an intuition. Hey, I need to let this blossom some more. Well, that is so um, opposite of what you would normally do under stress. That's a good cue and a signal that you're in the right spot. Likewise, mm-hmm. if you tend to not commit fast enough and, and let things develop too slow and, and, and you're sensing intuitively that this is something I need to move bold on and fast right now. And that's so opposite of what you would normally do. That's a good guide. This is a moment to do that. Um, yeah, was just before this was talking with one of the certified coaches and I was like, I feel like I need to really wait on this and let it, let it grow some more because the bigness of this idea is still percolating. And it was a, a moment of laughter between us because that's the opposite, right, of where I would normally be. And I've had people make fun of me because like you went from here to here and like, 27 seconds and now it's already there and it's done and that's served me well but it's also caused pain you know that's interesting chris because you know in the context of building businesses or organizations or having a you know a bench of certified coaches you know the the it brings me back to this idea of organization uh, and the idea that you just described where in my own mind i'm recognizing uh cues that I have to pay attention to, maybe cues that, or triggers that um, are encouraging me to think differently and act differently. The best organizations have a diversity among their leaders, right? That allow them to get that from each other. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a diversity of thought. There's a diversity of competency. There's a diversity of natural work style. There's a diversity of performance, how we go about performing that allows us to uh, see those differences and hear those differences, those different perspectives from the folks around us. And that's what makes, so that if, if we do that for ourselves, it makes, makes us agile and um, more effective. But if we can build an organization like that, it makes the organization more agile, more effective, um, and better able to weather storms like we've been through and take advantage of opportunities like the ones in front of us. It's interesting. Mm. And so many opportunities in front of us, man. I mean, that's, you know, I think about all that being in connection and partnership with you guys wakes up in me and stretches and takes further and expands. And it would be so sad to me because I would not be looking at the next like reality of whatever our world becomes and all the craziness and turmoil, and uh, you know. I would not feel like I'm going somewhere and going to wait for it to come to me, which is what I want. I don't want to try to like adjust to what's happening. I want to be there waiting for it when it arrives. Mm. And um, I've been able to do that a few times in different ways. Let's do it again. Here's to more learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I got a question for the group. Um, you know, and this is prompted, uh, Brett, by your comment about Kobe and, uh, you know, just his ability to um, focus on his, his sport, basketball, and focus on writing. You know, he won an Emmy, right? I mean, yeah. those areas of focus, um, that's one of the challenges I have uh, with everything we're talking about. I can be so curious, but I can also be so driven to be better that I can get distracted by a desire to be better in certain areas. And then I kind of wake up out of this, you know, this focused investment of time and energy and think, what the hell am I doing? I've got all these other things over here that I've started. Why am I starting something new? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure it says, Chris, something about me, right? Why is it that I'm looking for other things to challenge me versus the stuff that I've already started? But I just think it'd be interesting to just to hear what you guys have to say about how do you help folks think about ways to maintain that focus and channel that creativity and that energy into the, into the things that they really can innovate and then also kind of not get distracted by just this, by all the different things that we can be better at, all the things that are exciting and interesting to us. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to feel pressure to like stay rigid in like, this is my one and only focus. Um, you know, if you're following curiosities and, and maybe other skills, um, you know, what's going to happen is you can start building bridges between the places that you're, you know, you're getting really great at. And that's what creates the uniqueness and, um, you know, a unique offering to the world. Um, and so, you know, where Kobe's like all in on basketball, I'm not going to do anything else but basketball. And this is where I'm going to be great at basketball. Well, then, you know, he starts building this, chasing this other curiosity. I'm going to get really great at that. And now we have a, like a basketball storyteller and it's such like a unique offering to the world. And he got great at both of them. And uh, that's where I think, you know, maybe one of the saddest parts about, you know, him passing so early is we were just going to, we were just starting to see the, the second evolution of Kobe Bryant um, and, and how all those experiences and skills were going to tie together and what it was going to produce. Um, so yeah, I guess to your point, Jimmy, like there's, yeah, there's a focus on what I have going right now and what I'm good at, but then also building these bridges to, to other curiosities and other skills that could complement and, and supplement each other into something super unique um, that no one else can do. Yeah, I think for me, the there's a both end to it. For a lot of people, and this is fine, they're content to take a path of wandering into their curiosities and and developing stuff out of that and and doing running through phases. I think about that almost like if we put it in business terms, like a freelancer creative. I also think that there are plenty of people who don't want that journey. They want to figure out something they can lock in on. They want to really be all about, you know, hopefully the life at home and uh, in a good way. And, and, and work is just work and it's just work, you know, and, and not a negative. Now, I've met with plenty of people that, it, that that's a negative, but I've also talked to some people who that's their jam. I think 
for the people that want and and those of us that you know we're we're all married and Jimmy and I have kids. I mean, we still want to be good fathers and and good husbands. But for those of us that want to tap the edge of our potential, get as far as we can, make the biggest impact, whatever, you know, then then it's to use the Kobe example, it's the both end. He he had to build the alter ego. He couldn't access the edge he needed to until he accessed the what was the name of the alter ego that he had? Mamba mentality. The Mamba mentality, right? Beyonce does the same thing with her Sasha Fierce on stage. She couldn't, she says she's shy and not, she had to access this put herself out there persona on stage. And so, so I, I look at people like that and, and I look at uh, others and, and I want to access that blown out expression of me going as absolutely far as I can with those drives, desires, and ambitions that aren't for what I can get from the world, but what I can give to the world. But I also want to, and and that's getting zeroed in, but I also want to stay open to the curiosities. Like I, I want to so kill it with what I'm trying to learn in my 40s that there's time and margin. I, I want to play a lot more with cooking. Not because I'm burned out or fried or having a midlife crisis. I mean, it's just something that I want to do. And randomly courses pop up like, oh, I want to take that. I always have more interests than I have time, but I don't think it's bad to have those. I want to have the Mamba mentality, Sasha Fierce. Where do I show up with the blown out expression Get to, and still have the other unfolding expansive, you know, and this was Steve Jobs, right? He couldn't commercialize next because that was just the creative entrepreneurial side that didn't have the ability to make a business out of it. But he went to Apple and was able to bring both of those together. Um, yeah, these are just some, mm-hmm. some rough in the weeds thoughts on it. Stuff. Thank you. Well, I think uh, our half hour is about up. Um, right on. It was an interesting conversation. We kicked off with uh, the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death, um, tragic death. And he his daughter and seven others. Um, but, and then we led this, led the conversation around this idea of how do we achieve? And we talked about commitment, which was cool. And this idea of focus and, um, all the things that go into that. I thought it was a great conversation. Thanks guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been another episode of breaking brains and building hearts. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next time.